Paul Marion. Indiana Jones. Hello. Use the false Hey, this is Jonathan. And this is Alan, and welcome to the Nerdemy Podcast. Jonathan, what are we talking about today? Alan, are you ready to rock? <laughs> so I was not expecting that one. <laughs> Alan, today we're talking about 80s hair bands, or glam bands, or whatever word you want to use. I guess hair band's the best one, right? You know what? I, hmm. And this is where I got confused making this list, because... I guess they're kind of synonymous, but kind of not. You know, you can have hair bands saying that most of the groups had long hair. And then when I think of glam bands, then I'm thinking of, like, they're wearing makeup and the leathers and they're looking pretty. You know what I mean? And, and that's where I got confused as to hair bands versus glam bands. Well, see, I separated as metal bands because they'll have long hair right. versus versus hair bands right and i think that's where some of our problems well our choices and definitions of, of what we think are going to come into play here so the 80s was dominated by what we're currently discussing is the hair band is a glam band and then we're talking about also but you also have the the synth synthetic music that came from england that british pop music and those were like two of the biggest genres of music but i think if you watch any of the MTV countdowns from like 84 on, it's you're going to see it's just filled with these hair bands. So I, for today's show, let's define them as hair bands. So I don't have to keep saying hair bands slash glam bands. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you touched upon a good point, though. When you, when you mentioned MTV, I think that's one of the biggest things that you, you did see in the 80s was not only was it like the music and, and the style of music, but it was definitely a look that MTV uh, really brought bands out to the forefront. You know, like if you didn't have that quote-unquote look the hairband look right then maybe you weren't sticking with <laughs> with the rest of the crowd uh you know because like if you were to think about the bands that we're going to talk about let's say you picked all the bands you, you thought about for hairbands and let's say they didn't have long hair would they still be just as successful back then as you know as like the other because you know like uh the bands before before the 80s I mean, like Led Zeppelin. No, I mean, they got long hair. You know, Jimmy Page. And I mean, they they were sporting the long hair look already. It was a different kind of look. Right, but I think I think also the hair band is not just about the looks. It's about the sound because they weren't. All right. So, for example, um, Black Sabbath. Those guys had long hair, right? I would call them but metal, they... though. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're definitely metal. Yeah. Uh, they're definitely metal. But you wouldn't call. Uh, I'm trying to think of. All right, we'll say Warrant because I know neither one of us picked Warrant. You wouldn't call their music, they had long hair, but you wouldn't call their music metal music. And I think this is where the the definition kind of, it's not just about their hair, it's about the music they were producing. It was almost like they were, and I'll explain this too as we talk, I'll just tell you right now. I like, I, I remember when I was growing up, I, I remember in high school, this this kid that was a, like, a, like a real metal head, you know, Megadeth and Sabbath mm. and Ozzy and, right. and, and Metallica and all those guys, you know, 
he was like, oh, you know, you don't know anything about heavy metal. And he sent it to me. And I'm like, no, I listen to heavy metal. And he goes, well, name some bands. And I'm naming all these hair bands. And he starts laughing at me. <laughs> and I, because I legit thought that's what heavy metal was. I thought right. that's, that, that's what the look was. Yeah. And it's the, you know, you have to also, it's not just the look, it's the music here. It's pop. It was, it was pop yeah, metal light. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. No. no that, that's like that's a good definition of it. Yeah. Because they, they talk light, about yeah. the same. Yeah. They talk about the same themes. You know, drug use, girls, things like that. Right. Um. But it was just more palatable for for pop music senses, I guess, and definitely made for MTV. Right. Right. They definitely yeah. had a particular look. Yeah. I mean, Poison is a good, is a really good example of like the hair band. You know, it was it was a lot of. You know what it is? It's it's more than just hair. It was the Aquanet, dude. It was the hairspray that they put inside. Right. There, you know. Yeah. It was. It goes beyond just having long hair. They were hair styling it. They were having these huge. Yeah. Huge hairdos. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know. You know. We call it in New Jersey. We call it. You know. When the girls went through that, and I grew up in New Jersey, so I don't know if it was going on around the country, but we were calling it Bon Jovi hair. Like we're like, oh, the girls all have Bon Jovi hair. You know. <laughs> Instead of saying Bon Jovi had girl hair, <laughs> we were saying the girls had Bon Jovi. Oh, we uh, up up in North Jersey, we, we call them hair bears, like oh, hair bears. Yeah, we call. Oh, it's the hair bears. <laughs> oh, it was huge. I mean, you look at your you know, our high school yearbooks. It's ridiculous how big the hair was. <laughs> um, you know, did you have was, long hair? I didn't have long hair. No, you did not have long hair. I did not have long. I had longish hair, and actually, by the time I got to college, I, oh, I think you you met me. You had a rat tail. Yeah. The, I cut I cut all of it except a, a little a little tail like a little yeah. Jedi. <laughs> I think I think the first year I knew you sophomore year you kind of had a little like a, a ponytail or something mm, like that. Well, you had like a you had like a more classy mullet going. It wasn't yeah. like a white trash mullet, but you had you definitely had business up front. <laughs> party in the back, party in the rear. <laughs> no party for me. But that no, was the style. You know, no, I, I hear it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, let, let me ask you this, because you, you played an instrument, you were in a in a band in high school. Could you, did you understand the difference between heavy metal and, and hair bands and things oh, like that? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. You know, so for example, in high school, you would have your cliques. You would have, like, the, the burnouts who would, who would admittedly say, like, they would, they're into, like, the Megadeth and the Iron Maidens and the Metallica stuff, you know? Right. And if you were to say you're into Poison, just like what you said... Uh, that wasn't their cup of tea, you know, but uh, I enjoyed both, you know, and, and I think I enjoyed it. Like when I pick when I think of it, like the, the hair bands, what was really cool then was if you were into playing like the electric guitar, uh, that was your decade right there, you know, because mm -hmm. every rock band had that. I mean, you can almost name who the lead guitarist was in, in most of the bands uh, and that kind of drove that genre of music too was the electric guitar. You know, and right. um, and so yeah, I could tell the difference between the two, but I I actually enjoyed both of them. You know, I had no shame in saying, hey, I like Poison. It's actually pretty cool. Only because I would say I like Poison because I like C.C. Deville. You know, so right. th that was my point of view of the music. Well, you were always drawn to uh, uh, guitar players because I know you're a huge AC/DC fan. I know you're a huge Van Halen fan. Right. Yeah. And I think and I think that also kind of illustrates the the spectrum of hair bands because at one end you'll have striper and and nelson at the other end you'll have <laughs> guns and roses of van halen you know yeah. you know the guns and roses of van halen are very respected as musicians and and their music i think walked the line between or maybe the early year well van halen started way earlier than guns and roses but oh yeah yeah uh, i think i think van halen kind of did the opposite where they, they started probably more rock and I guess with all the changes, they kind of leaned. They never got fully into it, like a warrant did. Wait, are you talking or, about Van Halen? Um, 
Yeah. Oh, but when they I changed think, singers, uh, when they went to Sammy Hagar, things yeah, changed. Yeah, their music got lost softer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, whereas Guns N' Roses, I think you can definitely, just by looking at them, their early stuff, well, look at Welcome to the Jungle and look at Axl Rose's hair. That's definitely influenced by yeah. L.A. Guns, Motley Crue, and stuff like that. But they no one will ever say they're not a rock band. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And I, yeah, and I think that's we have to make that distinction too. I think a lot of, you know, I talk about there being a spectrum that, that Nelson Striper one end and, and Van Halen Guns N' Roses on the other. I think a lot of the bands that were very popular just kind of worked that middle ground. You know, they weren't right. totally hard and rock rocking. They weren't totally soft and, you know, kind of like a joke of them, a parody of, of themselves. Uh, they, they just kind of sat in that middle ground. I always thought like the, the hair bands, Probably the ones that we're going to be talking about today. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Like Warrant and like Poison. It almost seems like they're manufactured by like a production company that was associated with MTV. Versus bands like, let's say, Motley Crue, Def Leppard. Like these guys, to me, in my head, like they were the groups that struggled from the very beginning and they, they worked their way to the top. Whereas other bands had a look, you know, like Warrant. Like they had that pretty boy lead singer like yeah. like a group like warren or even skid row you know they had that look uh, well i think i think you'll see is that uh, like most genres there are people that kind of pioneer it and you know def leppard was early you know like 82 or something like that pyromania came out yeah and they had an album before that diver down or not diver down no that's um van halen. high and dry and um so you know you have van halen you have def leppard you have these early guys and then you have even and then you have a kind of motley crew and, and then I think you see the record companies going, oh, okay, so this is what people want. Right, and then right. you have later on Warrant, Poison, Cinderella. Um, actually, I'd give Cinderella a little bit more credit than that. There's another one like Warrant, uh, White Lion, you know what I mean? Right. You have these bands come out that kind of, they go, oh, well, this works for Motley Crue. Let's try that. Right, right, right. Yeah, they're, they're all kind of they're all kind of a little bit about the same. Yeah. You know, some wanted to go a little heavier, some wanted to go a little lighter. And, and, and I would say the majority of these pop bands always had their power power ballad too, you know, which which made them a little bit on the softer side, which you would never see a group like ACDC do, you know. Right, right. So. Well, and, and I think it's a weird marriage of coming out of the 70s, because I guess glam rock was more, was bigger in the 70s with like the, the, uh, the New York Dolls and, and people like that. Mm -hmm. But I think what the hair bands were um, amalgamation of was like, punk glam meets metal and mm. it was kind of packaged into a more poppy thing because they have the they have the kind of the androgynous looks of like a david you know early david bowie and and like i said the new york dolls and things like that but then you know they, their their music was a little bit harder and you know, look because bruce springsteen was 80s u2 was the 80s that was all considered rock but these guys were considered you know very heavy guitar very heavy drums so they were considered harder than that music. So it was kind of like a, a nice melding of all that, that that was made to be pop. And, and the image of these these guys were, you know, it was it was kind of like this androgynous look mixed with the bad boy attitude of like, you know, what you would hear about the Zeppelin, the Who, when they were on tour and how they mm. partied and stuff like, you know. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the lifestyle definitely went along with it. Oh yeah, that was all part of it. You know, to get in trouble, the drunk, the drugs, all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and when you when you when you when you mention that, there's probably only one band that probably is like the king of the glam look, the hard rock, 
the backstory history, the drugs, the women. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's only one like that Often comes to mind. imitated, but never duplicated. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which is a group it. that you're going to bring up, but that's they're, they're probably the, in my opinion probably the king of well, everything let's, let's we just mentioned. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's talk. Yeah. Why don't you start it's with your first group then? Well, it's Motley Crue. Oh, it's, 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 you got to start, start with Motley Crue. I mean, <laughs> first of all, they have, I don't know the name of it, but it's on Netflix and it's, uh, it's a uh, it's a biographical movie, I guess. <laughs> That's right. It is, it is the worst, best movie I've ever watched. <laughs> that and, was the movie um, where you're like, hey, hey, we should do a podcast on Motley Crue. So we watched it. I was like, oh, no, this is, it was such a train wreck. Uh, but I had to watch the whole thing. You had right? It was, yeah. I'm sitting there saying this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but you couldn't stop. First thing, the opening scene. I'm not going to talk. But I mean, you know that what that girl does at the party. I'm just yeah, like, yeah. What? <laughs> uh, you know, and then you know they're Ozzy standing, sniffing the uh, ants and stuff like that. Right. It was just insane. Oh, it's it was called insane. the dirt. Actually, the dirt. Is that what's called the dirt? I. I I think the book was called The Dirt. I don't know if the movie was called The Dirt. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But the best part is they portray Tommy Lee as like coming from this really wonderful, nice, wrong, normal family. Right. Yeah, you're right. It's called The Dirt. Yeah. And it's on Netflix. Oh, my God. It's got a 7.0 on, <laughs> on IMDb. How in God's name did that happen? But yeah, it's, it's just a. It's a it's a train wreck of a movie to watch, but it's so much fun to watch. Now, did you like Motley Crue growing up? I did. I liked Motley Crue. You know what's funny is because we were talking about this is why I thought I was listening to heavy metal because in our top eighties album show, you brought up ACDC, Back in Black, and we we kind of veered into the conversation how you know it was like cool to listen to them because they were considered like Satanists and devil worshippers, and and you know you listen to them and you'll go crazy, you'll be a drug, you'll become a drug addict, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So I believed all that kind of stuff back when I was younger, and I just kind of attributed that to Motley Crue and, and the other bands we're going to talk about. When in reality, it was yeah, they were living a crazy life, but it wasn't anything of what we were told it was going to be. So yeah, I, I listened to Motley Crue. They were they were huge on MTV. I guess Theater of Pain, which came out in '85, was the first album I had. I think I went back and got Shout at the Devil. The thing about um, Motley Crue is they always had music that you kind of knew, like. Too Fast for Love was kind of a hit for a while, but I was young and, uh, you know, I just, it's one of those things where you know the song, you don't know the singer or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then Shout at the Devil was like a big, kind of a big hit. But the Theater of Pain is when they really broke through and, you know, that had, um, what was their, well, Smokey in the Boys Room, I think was their, their first big hit, maybe? I don't know. I mean, it was definitely a hit, but I don't know if it was their first hit. Yeah, Smoking in the Boys' Room and Home Sweet Home were on it. And that was, Theater of Pain was one of those albums I listened to front and back, like, a lot. And it's funny, because I'm looking at the, the tracks now, and I don't remember any of these songs. <laughs> but I remember just using it, uh, listening to it all the time. Now, do you listen to Motley Crue today still? I, I will listen to, I have, like, maybe their greatest hits I will listen to. Because you can't, you can't escape how good some of these songs are like you know we're both office fans dwight to rev himself up would listen to kickstart my heart right you know yeah <laughs> that's yeah, a yeah. great that's a great song it's got a great <laughs> intro uh and i think that's guitar right the beginning where it goes, yeah. like a car yeah. or something dwight's you know? banging his head in the back of yeah. the car and he's hitting his head uh Bad kickstart right. my heart is great girls girls, girls. well that's the next album girls 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 and dr feelgood are probably two two of my favorite albums from the 80s i don't 
I didn't bring them up in our in our thing because I don't I don't listen to them a lot. I really kind of transitioned away from. I was all about hair bands for a while, and then I just stopped. No, did you see them in concert? I never saw them in concert. Okay. No, no. There's only one hair band I've seen in concert. Well, two if you count their opening act, but there's okay. only one that I've seen um, that I can think of actually. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're talking about uh, Kickstart My Heart, Wild 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 Side, Girls, 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 uh, Smoking in the Boys Room, of course the the uh, ever popular Home Sweet Home, which I actually learned to play like the first couple of bars on piano. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody did. Yeah. Same old situation. Doctor Feel Good. Without you, don't go away. Mad, just go away. These are like for me. These are like classic Malikura. See now, I want to go listen to Malikura. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they were. I think they lived that life and i think everybody that tried to live that life like them was just trying to imitate them i think definitely we could maybe group poison into that you know warrant i mean i don't know like the backstory Uh, of those other groups you mentioned all i know is that when you talk about all the bad stuff you hear about like bands doing it was not only was it like you referred to motley Crue, but they they actually did all those bad things yeah you know i mean everything was about motley Crue. that that they lived that lifestyle everything that your parents warned you about, oh, don't listen to the bad music because you're going to turn into trash. This is the group they were warning you about. And I think this is one of the groups, and, you know, they up until recently, they were still touring. This is one of those groups that kind of was able to, a lot of the groups didn't escape the 80s very well. And I think these guys escaped it because they did have their music. You had to have the music, you know. You couldn't just have the look. And a lot of people, a lot of bands were had one-hit wonders and were, you know, had the look, but they couldn't sustain it because they couldn't, they couldn't keep making good music. And I think Motley Crue had that, that three, four album run. And they are definitely hard rock. Like those are legit songs and legit music. And they're legit musicians. You know, no one's ever going to tell you Tommy Leak isn't a good guitar, uh, good drummer, you know? Right. Um, and, you know, Nick was it Nikki Six and Mick Mars and a lot. You know, they could all hold their own. And Vince was a great vocalist. So. Well, I gotta tell you something, dude. I, I, I like growing up, I could not stand Motley Crue. I actually loathed them. I did not really? like. No, I didn't. You know, because that that thing you mentioned about like hard rock versus Motley Crue. To me, like the music that I got into, I didn't like Motley Crue. I don't know. There's something about that group I, I just didn't like. And then, then the group. What I heard was, I I know they sobered up or they tried to sober, whatever sober m- meant for those guys. And then when when they released Doctor Feelgood. That album turned me on to Motley Crue. You know, I mean, I respected them. I, they had a mm-hmm. lot of great songs, but it wasn't like I, I didn't buy their albums. When they did Doctor Feelgood, it's like, dude, that is a good album. Doctor Feelgood's a really good album, and I think it's it their is, most yeah. most rock album. I think Theater Pain is kind of that poppy uh, hair band sound, and I think they moved kind of away from that. Girls, girls, girls. But Doctor Feelgood is a straight up like rock it album. Is, yeah, I would say. Kicks out my yeah. heart without you know. And it, it, we even joke like I remember one time at work before, like we we mentioned like if you had a like a like you know like in, in wrestling you'd have your theme song, right? Right. You know? and song. yeah, my my entrance song was Doctor Feelgood. <laughs> right. It's a, the intro is so good. It but, really is. Yeah, but this is the album that 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 really changed my tune of Motley Crue. Uh, prior to that. I heard about them. I, I listened to their music, but I, I wasn't. I didn't, never bought any of their albums. Uh, but Doctor Feel Feel Good changed out for me, and, and I, I really like Motley Crue. I mean, no, no, I'm not in love with Motley Crue, but I definitely like this album. Dude, I I had Too Fast for Love, their first album. I had Shout at the Devil. I had Theater of Pain. I had Girls, Girls, Girls. I had Doctor Feel Good. 
I had the first two, four, five albums they released. I had all the albums they released in the 80s. I had no idea you liked Motley Crue. And here's, well, that's the thing. Once I got out of the hair bands, except for the one, mm-hmm. which you know, I never went back. And like my music, and here's the thing. Dr. Philbin came out in 89, and my music taste had definitely changed by then. I was all about Springsteen and U2 and R.E.M. by 89. Right. So the fact that I even bought Dr. Feelgood is pretty, you know, telling for me. Yeah. That it's a legit album. There was residual. But everything after, after Feelgood, I, you know, they, well, to be fair, they only put out like three, four more albums after that. But yeah. Yeah. Motley Crue. Yeah. So Motley Crue, I guess, you know, if, if we talk about that spectrum I mentioned earlier, they're, they, they definitely lean more toward the Guns N' Roses and Van Halen side of it. And, and, and might, when you talk long, longevity, again, they, they, they made their breakthrough back in, in the 80s. But today, they're still like a recognizable name. Uh-huh. Uh, music-wise, band-wise, they're, they're there. You know, I would say if you ask a kid today who uh, Winger is, yes, Winger. there's no way. Yeah, they, they don't hold up unlike Motley Crue did. You know? Well, before, before I said it like 10 minutes ago, when was the last time you heard the word Nelson? <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 You know, no, you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. Or striper for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> striper. <laughs> which I had there. Um, which you call too. So. <laughs> I, I only remember their one song. It was like a love song. I think striper. Honestly, yeah. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. Well, striper. You know, let's take a little detour into Striperville because Striper marketed themselves as a Christian, Christian, yeah, heavy metal, quote unquote, heavy metal band, and all their. Uh, and they would throw Bibles at the audience or something like that, or that was a rumor. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I, I believe it. But yeah, I don't know. I, they had To Hell With The Devil and Calling On You. I don't even know why I remember this stuff, but I had like two of their albums. Did you? Yeah. Did you? All right. So what's your first band? Um, You know, so the last couple of days I've been thinking about it. If I had to think about the band that really has that look of long hair, dolled up makeup, it's, it's got to be poison for me. You know, uh, like I said, I don't even know who the name of the singer is, but uh, Cece DeVille's a guitar player. It's but they, Brett they, Michaels. Or, who is yeah, it? Brett, Brett Michaels. Brett Michaels. Okay. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But, but Poison, they came on the scene as as that, one of those rock glam bands, I think. And they actually had a lot of good hits on this on this album. Uh, Nothing But A Good Time, I, I'm guessing, was their first hit? No, it was, uh, uh, every, it was the Talk 30 thing was their big one. Their first one. Oh, yeah, right, right. Oh, yeah, so I think that's the other album then. Probably so. Yeah, Nothing But A Good Time. Yeah, you're right. I think it was Talk 30 to Me because that was like the, the big thing. It had a really cool guitar riff. And then they had uh, their their power ballad, Every Rose Has Its Thorn, um, Your Mama Don't Dance, uh, which was a cover also. I mean, it's actually like a, a pretty decent album, and I like the guitar playing on this, but they had that look. And I'm telling you, like, if you had to talk like hairspray, their hairspray—they had major hairspray going. Oh my God, they were—they were the prettiest of all the. <laughs> they were the prettiest. They really were. They were the most feminine-looking ones, I think, out of all of them. Yeah. I mean, you look at the, just look at the cover of, uh, uh, look what the cat dragged in, which is their first album. Oh, I'm gonna look that one up. Uh, it's it's insane. It's literally. Oh, that, it's it's a picture of all their heads on there, right? Yeah, but they're all they have so much makeup on. Their hair is teased out. Y- yes. No. You are correct, sir. Yeah, they got the lipstick, they got the blush, the mascara. So, and they got the they got they got the um, the duck face, the duck the, the duck lip thing. The going. duck lips, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're like protruding the lips thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I'm looking at this. They got their hairs teased. Uh, they're wearing like lace and stuff. So that was the look. In my brain, when I was thinking hair bear, uh, hair bear, shoot, hair bands, this is the look that I was thinking of like, okay, who, who, like any bands that kind of matched this look was like the hair band look and stuff. And, and, and I think a lot of bands mimic this look. I don't know if it was, they were the first, but they were different than Motley Crue. Motley Crue had a roughness to them. Poison, I think I'd go up to each and every one and beat the snot out of them, you know? Even back then yeah. when I was in high school. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird because, and, and they were, you know, they were living the lifestyle too. They were getting you know, all the girls and the drugs and stuff like that. But you're right, there was a softness about them. And, I, and I, to me, the I don't know where they're from, but to me, they seem like they're like one of those L.A. bands. You know, like they came out of L.A. and uh, th- that's how they got their fame. And I think because of that look, MTV, which was big during the time, it catapulted them. I mean, it, it, if anything, it definitely helped them helped them uh, tremendously because you would see them on screen like, whoa, what's going on? You know, Um but music-wise, they actually have a lot of catchy tunes. Uh, I'm sure today some people would, would recognize some of their songs, um, but I don't recall several albums. You know, I, I mean, other than the two that we just mentioned, I don't know what else they've done. Yeah, their first two albums. Look what the cat dragged in and opened up and say, "Ah, oh, we're probably their biggest." Yeah. You know, Flesh and Blood. Uh, you know, like it's sold, but I couldn't name one song off of Flesh yeah, and Blood. Yeah, uh, yeah, same here. But um, can we just talk about how huge a song "Talk Dirty to Me" was? huge huge it was it was ridiculously huge <laughs> and I, I i don't know if i still know every word but I, there was a point where i knew every word to that song and the funny thing is i remember it was junior senior year our school review would do with like like let you know like everybody had bands so our, our high school would let like local bands like you know teenagers and bands they do a show for them every year yeah and so it was either junior senior year and there was like five bands and every single band played talk dirty to me <laughs> it it's a, you know what? It's an easy riff, and the guitar solo is extremely easy too. Extremely easy. Shoot, where's my yeah? But I, right I, I remember one. <laughs> I remember one band did it because they played an original song, and the place was just all quiet and stuff. Because they're like, whatever, dude. And then they, they just ripped it to the talk. They, uh, they talk. They did a talk to me, and the place went nuts. <laughs> but yeah, you know, talk to me. I won't forget you. I want action. Cry tough. That was all on. Look with the cat dragon and open up the sand. And you mentioned it, everyone's had the storm. People still listen to that. Yeah. Uh, and Fallen Angel, nothing but a good time. Nothing but a good time is a good song. It is. I actually like that song like a lot. That's a really good guitar solo, too. Yeah. Jeez, I'm looking at pictures of these guys. It blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, that they were a lot very, of uh, there was there was talk about androgyny. They took it they took it the furthest. Yeah. But yeah, they were huge, and Brett Michaels huge up to the point, you know, he was doing some kind of VH1 reality show where he was trying to find a wife or something, I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah, I think CC was CC the one that had the, the biggest drug problem? Like, he's the one that always kept getting in trouble? Oh, I, I, I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, but this is the thing. They built their reputation off of two albums, basically. Right. That's insane. Well, let me tell you, dude, I saw these guys in concert, and so they opened up for... This is not too long ago. This must have been... I mean, it was too long ago. Ten years ago. Let's say ten years ago. It was Poison, who opened up for Def Leppard, who opened up for Cheap Trick. Is okay. that the weirdest think, lineup ever? Well, they still tour like that. Some oh, do they really? I don't know if it's them three, but I know they tour with... Um, I was going to go... I think Motley Crue and Def Leppard are touring this year. I was going to go see them, but you know. So, and let me tell happens. you, all three bands 
were fantastic. And they all held their own. And let me tell you, dude, that same night, ACDC was playing down in Fresno, and I was torn between the two, you know. But I really wanted to, I really, I mean, the, the, the lineup of, because I liked all the bands. Cheap Trick, I like Cheap Trick, I like Def right. Leppard, I like Poison. It's like, oh, you know. And that night, uh, the singer for Def Leppard, crap, I forgot his name. Joe Elliott. Joe Elliott had laryngitis, right? And he went on, and every time he hit, he had to hit, he just couldn't hit the high notes. He'd do the, you know, point the mic into the audience kind of deal. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And he did that, and I looked at my brother, and I said, "God damn, we should have been watching. We could have been watching ACDC right now, <laughs> you know." But Cheap Trick was tight. Poison was. They were all really tight groups. I, I was so impressed with how well they did. I really thought, for some reason, I thought Poison would have a drop off. You know, like being that they're older and so on and so forth. But they really held their own. Def Leppard, they're, they're just a tight band. And Cheap Trick, were, they were solid. I Man, that was such a fun concert. And Cheap Trick, it sounds weird to have Cheap Trick with that group, uh, with, that, with that lineup. But they nailed it. Oh, they were so good. Really good. I think that's the last. Is that the last? No, no, no. I did see ACDC after. Anyway, yeah, one of the last few concerts I actually went to see. Um, so would you say you were more a Poison fan in the 80s than the Motley Crue? Well, yeah, because you hated Motley Crue, right? Oh, no, no, I didn't hate them. I just, I didn't care. I didn't buy their albums. I oh. I, I, I did have the Poison albums only because I wanted to learn how to play their music and stuff. Right. Yeah, but later on, I, I mean, like, if, if I, nowadays, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to a little Poison here and there. Uh, a little, a little bit of everything. Yeah, I don't know that Talk Dirty to Me holds up or I Want Action. I would say definitely every rose is still good, and nothing but good time. I guess kind of holds up. So those are probably the only two songs. I, if I had to go back to them, those right. are probably the only two that I, I go back to. Yeah, the voice was just huge. Yeah, they were I, huge. No, you had the, the, they had the look. They, I mean, they were built for MTV. That's for sure. Yeah, and they were they came out in like eighty six, late eighty six, eighty seven. So mm-hmm. I was just, I was definitely nice by then. Right. Um, yeah, but I had already. I just remember as a kid thinking that Poison was not, and this is me throwing shade, listening to Motley Crue and Striper, thinking Poison's not like heavy enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I can see that. I mean, like yeah. when when you're thinking like heavy, like Motley Crue, ACDC. I mean, like in my brain, I always thought that's the reason why they invented the power chord because it was like these heavy chord strumming songs and stuff, and Poison didn't have that. Again, hmm. the keyboard was big. The, the it was it was lighter. What did you say earlier in the show? It was like heavy metal light, kind of. Yeah, now that's pretty yeah. close. That's it, a pretty good definition of what it was. I mean, they weren't pop, but they weren't heavy. They were hard so, rock. Maybe uh, is is this the beginning of hard rock? I don't even know. No, I don't know. All right, all right. What else you got? <laughs> all right. <laughs> My next one is a band I love. I still listen to them. The singer can't hit the notes anymore. It's actually kind of sad. Great guy, longevity also, and this band just made it in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame via a couple of years ago with the fan vote, which I don't even know why they needed the uh, fan vote. But I think these guys are the hair band that survived and thrived out of the 80s, and it's uh, Bon Jovi, of course, New Jersey's own Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you grew up in New Jersey, you listened to Bon Jovi in the 80s. It was almost prerequisite. Yeah. And they're great. I mean, you can't... They hit the scene. I guess their first big album was Slippery One Wet. And then New Jersey just threw them over the edge. Well, Slippery One Wet was huge. That's a great album, man. That well, is yeah. such a good album. That's another front to back. The only song 
I would ever only skip on that album is Social Disease. I just never liked it. Oh, really? But Let It Rock, You Give Love a Bad Name, Living on a Prayer, Social Disease, Wanted Dead or Alive. That's side A. <laughs> and, uh, uh, side B, Raise Your Hands Without Love, I Die For You, Never Say Goodbye, Wild in the Streets. Fantastic. Oh, and, hit after hit. Funny thing is, I've seen these guys live. Bon Jo was my first live concert. It was in 1986 or 87. It was New Year's Eve of 86 into 87 or 85 into 86. I can't remember. And I had the worst seats, but I had such a good time at the show. Cinderella opened up for them. They were really good, too. Uh, Cinderella, another underrated hair band with, with two or three really good songs. Yeah. But yeah, Bon Jovi, I, I, didn't re- I realized it about 10 years ago that I had seen Bon Jovi at least once on like every tour since 85. Every U.S. tour. Because <laughs> the thing is, it'd be like, oh, Bon Jovi's in town, let's go. You know? Yeah. And I was, I was even trying. It's not like I live and breathe Bon Jovi. I don't... I don't write him letters. I don't have posters of him hanging up in the wall. But, you know, I'm like, oh, Bon Jovi tickets. Let's go to Bon Jovi. Right. There's always someone that wants to go see Bon Jovi with you. There's always <laughs> someone. Uh, I saw him as recently as I saw him three times, I think, on his last tour. Because I have a friend that loved Bon Jovi her whole life and she had never seen him. So I'm like, all right, when he's in town, we'll go. It was, was it 20? I want to say 2013, but that couldn't have been his most. Re- that might have been his most recent U.S. tour, 2013. He was supposed to tour this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but he canceled because there were dance going on. Wow. And he was still selling out. I couldn't get tickets. Really? He was still selling out. And he was he's playing in big places, dude. You don't understand. This guy, I don't think anyone really understands understand. how, how big this band <laughs> is. And I think it's just him and Tico Torres are the only two original members left. It, isn't it true that they also went a little country, too? He He did one song that was on one album, Who Says You Can't Go Home? And someone suggested he, he they make it a duet with this country singer, this female singer. And they did it, and they never even like met. Like They just sent her her parts, and she sang her parts. And that became a country hit. Hmm. And then, then the, album, the album after that, he tried. I think he tried to repeat it. And he, he kind of put out more country twenty Because he was the first rock band to hit the country chart, number one, or something like that. Oh, really? With I, Who Says He Can't Go Home. And then he, he his next album, he did the song with Big and Rich which is a big country duo. And I think he tried to repeat his success and it didn't work out. Wow. But no, he went back to it. The thing is, I don't know why him particularly, but he cannot hit the high notes anymore. And it's so effing sad. When you see him in college, especially, I remember the last, one of the last shows I saw him at, he, you know, he does the whole show. When he does uh, Living on a Prayer, you know, all the, oh, you know, yeah. the high parts, he would, he would, he would point at the crowd and, it's not because he has liner giants, because like I said, I, I've seen him three times that tour. He did it every show. Right. And for what, at the end, as an encore, after singing for like two and a half hours or, or, or two hours, he does as an encore always, which is a very high, slow song. And he, you couldn't even understand him. It's like Aww. he couldn't sing the words. And I'm like, why are you doing this to yourself, dude? <laughs> and I love him. I mean, my friend loves him. And he, he has this uh, restaurant in Jersey. We went to his restaurant. They told us he was there earlier that day. And we missed him. We're like, ah. No, yeah, just, doesn't but, his restaurant? It's like you don't pay. It supports like uh, like a local food bank or soup kitchen. Mm-hmm. So you pay. It's like a donation. You do it by donation. It's like there's a minimum. They say a minimum suggested donation. Right. But you can donate whatever you want. Cool. The food was pretty good. Oh, have you been there? Yes, I just said I went there. Yeah, you did. <laughs> no, I'm playing Clash Royale. I'm sorry. Well, that's good. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 
No, I, I like I, I did see Bon Jovi. I saw them once. I saw it with uh with Condon of all people, which is weird. I th- I, th- I thought it'd be a concert I'd, I'd watch with you, but yeah, or me or Fred or something like that. Yeah, yeah. What did we we did uh Paul Abdul and Color Me Bad? Yes, with Donald Trump. <laughs> he was there. We were with and uh, <laughs> uh, what's that guy O'Reilly? Uh, Bill O'Reilly was there. I remember that. What? How do you know? Because he was with Donald Trump. He was. Yeah, he was. They were they were there together. Trump was. With Bill his, O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah, tall dude, really tall. Bill O'Reilly wasn't Bill O'Reilly yet. This is like ninety three, ninety two. I'm sure he was Bill O'Reilly when we saw him. Well, he wasn't like big name Bill <laughs> O'Reilly. I, I had this is the first I'm hearing it. Thirty some, thirty years later. Oh, uh, look at that! Yeah, Bill O'Reilly and Donald Trump. So when you saw him, you're like, oh, that's Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, I recognize him. You must watch the news more than I do, because I didn't. <laughs> you know, Bon Jovi is one of those groups where I think he went through that transition because he's been around for so long, too. He started off with, uh, you know, the, the big hair thing and Richie Sambor with all the big hair and everyone oh, yeah. had the big hair. And as time went on, it went short. And I remember it was a big deal when John cut his hair, too. Oh, a, yeah. It was a big, big deal. Like, oh, my God, John cut his hair. It's over. It's over. <laughs> uh, well, his success was, uh, you know, he he had one good song. He had, he had Runaway, which what, is a What do you mean one good song? No, you let me finish the sentence. Oh, I'm sorry, guy. So on his debut <laughs> album, he had Runaway. And that's another thing. I love that album. I brought, That's one of those things where I, you know, I, I, get, I get on board for, with Slipping One Wet, and I go back and get the other stuff. So, but Runaway was, was really, his, his first really big hit. And then uh, he did, that was on the self-titled album, Bon Jovi. And then he had 7,800 Degrees Fahrenheit. And In and Out of Love, I guess, would be probably the biggest song on that one. Can I tell you my favorite In album of his? I, sure. When he did um, Young Guns. The, oh, really? The, the Young Guns soundtrack? That's good, dude. But that's not the band. See, that's not the band. No. It's, that's Don Bon Jovi. It's his solo release. Yeah. That's a, that's a good album, man. A really good album. Jeff Beck, I think, played guitar for him on that album. So you're talking about, right, listen to his numbers. So his first album, released in 84, with Runaway as the hit, sold three and a half million albums worldwide, which is pretty good. And in 85, he comes out with 7,800 Degrees Fahrenheit with In and Out of Love, his biggest hit. He loses half a million, so he only sells three, three, three million. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little over a year after that, August '86, he released the "Slippery One Wet." So I think I saw him '86 and '87. He released the "Slippery One Wet." That sells 28 million albums. So he goes from three million to 28, and then New Jersey comes out, and he only sells 18 million of those. Which I don't understand that. Only wow! I thought New Jersey was bigger than that. Yeah, no, he sold 18 million. Wow, how cool is that? Well, look at the album New it, Jersey. If your daughter walks up to you and says, Daddy, I want to buy a Bon Jovi album, which one should I buy? I'm just going to buy one. You're going to tell them Slippery. You're going to tell her I mean Slippery, right? I really like New Jersey. New Jersey's a good album. But I have to look up the Jersey albums. What's on Jersey? I'll tell you in a second. Please. Because I, I remember playing that one to death. Lay Your Hands on Me. Yeah. Ed Medicine. Mm-hmm. Born to Be My Baby. See? Being in Sin. That's a good album, bro. Blood on Blood, Homebound Train, Wild as the Wind, Ride Cowboy Ride, Stick to Your Guns, I'll Be There for You. Okay, every song, I love it. Love for Sale. 
I'm not saying it's not a good album. Okay, but, no one said you did. Love for sale, eh. No, but I'm saying, let's go over Slippery again. Let it rock, you give love a bad name, living on a prayer. Social disease, wanted dead or alive. Raise your hands without love to die. I'll die. What? I die for you. Never say goodbye wild in the streets. I'm saying slippery all day, every day. Right, and I saying, love New Jersey. Yeah, I like New Jersey. I think I, I think the reason why I like New Jersey, it's to me, they matured a little bit as a band, mm-hmm. music-wise. Uh, no, pff, I don't know. I couldn't. T- I, one, of the, one of the other, you can't go wrong. No. But I'm telling you, uh, you know, a lot of people punch out after New Jersey because the numbers keep slipping. Uh, New Jersey was 18 million. Keep the Faith, which is a really good album. Right. Uh, 12 million these days, which is a good album. 10 million. Crush, which was actually a very good album. 11 million. Crush is the one with It's My Life is on it. Okay. Which was a really big hit for them. And then, and then you got to remember they're also dealing with digital music at this point. Mm. So that's killing sales too. All these albums have at least one de- really good song on them. You know, Bounce. What does Bounce have on it? Bounce I think I'm going Slippery One Wet. That is probably their best album. Yeah, Slippery, right? Damn, Wanted Dead or Alive. That song, unbelievable. That was huge. Wanted Dead or Alive and Living on Prairie is huge. <laughs> Living on Prairie is like the quintessential 80s song. Well, in my, in my band in high school, we tried doing Living on a Prayer, and my singer's like, there's no way. So this is when we started recruiting the ladies. Too high. It's too high. <laughs> Excuse me, it's too high. Yeah, so we asked some of the girls, "Hey, can you want to sing in the band?" And they they even struggled too. The thing about you know we talk about longevity is he's he's had hits in the eighties, the nineties, the two thousands because he had "Have a Nice Day" and "It's My Life," and then he had uh, I think he had a hit recently in the twenty tens. What about now? No, no. What's the album? It's uh, "This House Is Not for Sale." So, you know, he's doing... And he's releasing... Oh, apparently he's releasing an album this year. Oh, okay, Bar- who do you think, in the whole grand scheme of things, who is bigger, Bon Jovi or Motley Crue? I would say Bon Jovi. <laughs> no, I mean, it's hard... Yeah, I have, you'd have to say Bon Jovi, right? I think... Well, I think because they've covered such a, a, a huge time period. Yeah, let me see if I can see their album sales. Maybe Motley Crue was really big in that, like, the whole the whole decade of eight. no 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 I have to give it to Bon Jovi he played the Super Bowl <laughs> yeah yeah Motley Crue really only had two or three albums right well all right let me see all right there's no numbers on Motley Crue's there's just uh, chart positions and different kind of music too Mo- Motley Crue is definitely a harder rocking band than Bon Jovi yeah Bon Jovi obviously had more a broader appeal yeah yeah. Yeah, where I would say they're more hard rock than maybe Molly Crew would be. Did uh, Tommy Lee date Heather Lock- Heather Locklear? They were married. Oh, they married, and then he, and yeah, then she, she also went married from, um Richie. Yeah, Richie. She went from Tommy Lee to Richie Sambora. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she had a thing for her. <laughs> money, long hair <laughs> dudes. Mm, yeah, maybe. Okay. Should we move along? We've been talking about Bon Jovi for like 30 minutes already. Well, they deserve it. <laughs> Thank you. All right, what's your next one? Uh, my next one's Van Halen. And this group, you can almost divide the, this group into two different kinds of music. you got your David Lee Roth and you got your Sammy Hagar uh, with, you know, obviously the Van Halen brothers anchoring both sides of the coin. I would say David 
where they they're there so so van halen to me they had the long hair so van halen long hair van halen they were like the long hair group of heavy metal when they went sammy hagar they went long hair i, I don't want to say glam rock but they kind of did you know, because th- that's when they started wearing like all the bright colors and the red leather pants and stuff. And the music got a lot softer. The music did get a lot softer. They they definitely went more. Eddie started going more keyboard stuff, which I know David was against. And so they were kind of kind of two different bands, but kind of not because obviously Eddie was the anchor for the band. But the sound definitely changed. And by all by, you know, Sammy Hagar is fantastic. I mean, like they were both very highly successful with both singers two different kinds of music i guess david lee roth did come back with a band years later i think it was just like a best of they had like two original songs like me wise magic and something else it was actually pretty damn good nowadays van halen's is i I think they got rid of the bass player now i think eddie's son um is it wolfgang 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 is yeah, our bass yeah. player, so it's like a total Van Halen group, but I don't think they have a, like a a solid singer anymore. Well, uh, Michael Anthony is he he hangs out with uh, Sammy Hagar's band now. Yeah, they're like chicken wings or chicken legs or something like that. Uh, something like that. And yeah. um, what's the chicken other? Feet. Oh, it's chicken feet. I think I don't know. Because remember, they had the uh, they had the lead singer of Extreme. They did an album with him. Yeah. Which didn't do very that well. That was horrible. But aren't it, they touring, don't they tour, you, tour with David Lee Roth? What was that? Aren't they like currently touring with David Lee Roth? They just don't talk or anything off, off stage? I, I don't know. I don't know where they are touring-wise. I know they tried. <laughs> I know at one point they did, but, you know, they, you got two alpha dogs on this on the same group. You know, you got, right. you got the David Lee Roth, who was like literally the face of the group back then. But then Eddie Van Halen turns out to be like the rock god ever. You know, so you had these these two alpha dogs wanting to be the face of it. So Van Halen, they did get a little bit softer as they got older, but still making really good music. Eddie Van Halen, probably like one of the most innovative guitar players that ever lived and probably mm-hmm. mimicked the most. But geez, you, you look on Instagram today. Holy smokes. There's so many good guitar players today. It's unbelievable. unbelievable. But, you know, he was the innovator. You know, he started it all. He started doing... He, he made like hammer-ons and tappings like a thing it was like he he just took it to another level and his brother was a great drummer too but they they had great great music like gosh if you had to think like how much music they they span I mean, you're talking like late 70s early 80s on through the 90s so it, yeah like, it three decades i don't i mean yeah i think when sammy left they, they kind of lost a little bit of their thunder and then and, and they did um the music for that movie twister too Oh, did that really? Yeah, which with Sammy or that was I don't know. I think I kind of want to see David Lee Roth for some reason, but I could be wrong. Well, it's just on their website, and it hasn't been updated since 2015. So <laughs> I think they're done. But I mean, what's great about Van Halen is that they survive. Not a lot of bands can survive kicking their lead singer out and getting a new one. Sure. Um, well, ACDC I think they did might... pretty well. <laughs> yeah, but you know what happened with Van Halen? I think they again they move more toward a broader audience with Sammy and I think that's the shift in music and stuff like that I mean they were you know 1984 is a huge album but then when you come out with what was 5150 came out was the first Sammy yeah 5150 comes out and they're just blowing they're blow those numbers are just going crazy because yeah with Sammy they were they definitely had more um chart toppers and 
more even appeal to a, to a lot of people, you know. Right. So yeah. it, it was a broader audience, like audience, like you said. So obviously, been some more albums that way. This is the one group that I love. I never got to see in concert. Oh really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, mine's REM. I never got to see them. Really? <clears throat> yeah, and they broke up. And here's the weird thing. I mean, if, if like you know you you listen to Van Halen all your life, and then you hear Eddie talk, you're like, what? <laughs> he sounds weird. Does he? Well, he's, yeah. he's not a singer. He's a singer. No, yeah, and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Van Halen. I I couldn't get into Van Halen. I think. Uh, David Lee Roth was just too I don't know there was something about him I didn't like I, I, I hate the song Jump I don't know why that's a good song it's a great song like maybe instrumentally it's a good song but I don't know the whole song Jump is, I like Panama I like Hot for Teacher I would definitely say if you listen to any of the lyrics if you just read the lyrics to any Van, Van Halen David Lee Roth none of it makes sense at all oh really none <laughs> of no I don't I mean you talk about like telling a story there's no story to be told it's just words that rhyme and you just listen to Eddie Van Halen that's funny yeah I think when they got to Sammy I mean things kind of made more sense but Panama I don't, don't even know what that means but Half it's, it's very catchy kind of a sense yeah it does, yeah, it does. but yeah. even there didn't they do an album of almost all covers like early oh did they um not that I'm familiar with I read something or saw something about that yeah well, they did do covers, you know, Dancing in the Street, they did. They've done Johnny uh, B. Pretty Dude. Woman. Pretty Woman, right, yeah. Very Which is a great version of that song. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so Van Halen... Dancing in the Street? Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, it's a, it's a cool little gimmick that he uses with the delay. It's very, very cool. Uh, so I struggle with this one. Like, when I think of the groups like Poison... It's like, I didn't know if they were considered, I mean, they're a hair band, but not glam rock. Anyway. Well, I think they're kind of the, I, I think we can label Van Halen as a group that the hair bands wanted to mimic. No, you're, you're right about that. I mean, look yeah. at that group, um, White Line, Vito Brada. I mean, everything yeah. about him was Van Halen. I mean, his style, how it sounded, it was like the, everyone was trying to rip not rip. I mean, emulate or, or you know, what Eddie did because it, it um, was White Lion. He was the guitarist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you hear that song "Wait." Um, that's a great song. It is that. Yeah, that's a good song. Uh, the, the guitar solo is, is. I mean, you would think it's Eddie Van Halen. You know, what was that, what was that Michael Jackson song he did? Uh, oh, beat it, beat it. He did the uh, the solo for that one. Yeah, and didn't Slash do? Um... Dirty Diana, I think, right? Was that Slash? I don't know. I think so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Eddie Van Halen did a Peter. Eddie Van Halen. Wow, that's funny you brought up White Lions. I like them. <laughs> they were, they, well, that album was really good. Yeah. Pride, I don't think it was. Yeah. Pride. Um, that is a good album. Very versatile kind of album, too. Yeah. And you know what? They, I don't know why. Maybe because they had hit songs around the same time, but I had the Europe album, too, with the Final Countdown on it. And I liked, I liked that album a lot, too. And, you know, uh, going back to White Lion, um, the reason why they stopped, I read this article where uh, Vito's dad got sick. And he, he said, I- I'm hanging it up. I want to take care of my dad. I was like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Oh, yeah. Europe. Yeah. The fi- I want Carrie and Final Countdown. Those are the only two songs that come to mind. Carrie was huge. Carrie? Is that Europe? 
isn't it? Didn't they have a song Cherokee? I'm getting, I'm getting confused. That might be White Lion. <laughs> it's all f- <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's all, it's all confusing. <laughs> it's all the same. Yeah, you're about oh. Carrie. Carrie, will lights go down? Yeah. I'll tell you what. They were a Danish fan. They, they say in English very well. Yeah. Wait, wait. You're never gonna change. Love you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Yeah, where's Carrie? Oh, when the children cry and wait. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I think I think Cherokee was Europe. I vaguely remember that song. Cherokee, walking on the trail of tears, something like that. Nice. Something like that. Yeah, it is. It is Europe. But Europe. the final countdown is fantastic. You still hear the that opening. Final yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much money they just off of that part of it. <laughs> there's some, maybe because uh, White Lion, I, I, maybe I confuse them or think about them together because White Lion was not Swedish, but they were Danish and then um, Europe was Swedish. <laughs> English manga. <laughs> Herbie, herbie, herbie. All right, um, all right, good. So that was Van Halen. <laughs> yeah. All right, my last one. We you know we brought them up a few times, but basically, uh, my last one's gonna be Guns and Roses. Now, Guns and Roses. If anything killed, there are two things I believe killed the hair band era, and it's Guns and Roses coming out looking like a hair band, but sounding like a straight up legit rock band. And then the introduction of Nirvana and grunge. Yeah. I think those two things together killed the hair band era. But Guns yeah, Guns N' Roses, Roses, to me, was the last great rock. Band. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can argue that, but I'm not going to. Right I now. mean, when I'm talking about like that kind of music, that, that heavy metal sounding kind of music, I mean, they're, they made awesome music, those guys. Awesome music. Yeah, yeah. I would argue Stunt Temple Pilots, but that's a whole other show. And maybe Foo Fighters. But um, What? Okay. So, <laughs> when Appetite for Destruction came out, when Welcome to the Jungle came out, like, literally, everybody listened to it. It was, all other music conversation in my high school stopped when Appetite came out. All other conversation about music stopped. It was all about Guns N' Roses, all about Welcome to the Jungle. And then they followed that up with Sweet Child of Mine, and it was off to the races. I mean, you gotta listen to these tracks. Yeah, Welcome to the Jungle, It's So Easy. Night Train, Out to Get Me, Mr. Brownstone, Paradise City. That's one of the best side A's I, I, I can name. Solid. That's a, that's one of the best non-Bruce Spring scenes <laughs> I, I can tell you about. And then B was My Michelle, Think About You, Sweet Child of Mine, You're Crazy, Anything Goes, and Rocket Queen. This album just blew up and changed music. And I think, I think there's something to be said about it. It came out in 87. So, you know, we're in, we're in high school at this point. We're getting older. So we're maturing. I guess our music tastes are maturing. And this just came in at the exact right moment. And um, they followed up Welcome to the Jungle, which is this amazing. Like, the, you know, you're, you're the guitar player. So can you speak a little bit just about the instruments on, on Appetite? I feel like we haven't heard anything like it before on Welcome to the Jungle until then. Like how they, how it was music. definitely heavier. I mean, Slash was is an amazing guitar player, and uh, they featured that song in a, I think it was in a Clint Eastwood movie with Jim Carrey was in it, if I recall. And yeah, uh, he, yeah, it's online. So he does some weird scene where he's like freaking out in his hotel. Room yeah, they're actually. Well, he's mouth. Like a, he's singing it, isn't he? Because he was filming like a like a like a music video. 
and it was to the song Welcome to the Jungle. And I want to say Yeah, that. it's the Deadpool it was called. Oh, oh, was it the Deadpool? That's a good movie. Yeah. I like that one. It's yeah, a it's really cool. weird clip. Yeah. It's Jim Carrey before he was Jim Carrey. Oh, I think they're acting like he was the singer and he's he's making the video. Yeah, yeah, he was he was they were filming like a music video in the movie. But the, yeah, that was his song. But yeah, Guns N' Roses awesome band. Freaking amazing band. And they had a, a good variety of music too, you know. Oh yeah, because like then when they come out with Sweet Patience. Child of Mine, uh-huh. people lost their crap over Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah, then they do Patience, with, which is kind of like an unplugged kind of song. You know? Oh yeah, GNR Lies was all almost acoustic and stuff yeah. like that. It was, a, it was an EP. I feel like the record company is like, uh, yeah, Appetite is selling like crazy. Can we put out like five songs just to keep this thing going? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, Patience was the one. Patience was a great song. <laughs> And then the wait. I remember the wait because Patience came out in '88, and the Use Your Illusion one and two came out in '91, and people were waiting for that thing forever. Right. And I remember yeah. I was in college when it came out. I remember kids were, you know, kids I knew were skipping class just to run out to the store and get it. It was pretty wild. And they lost you with Use Your Illusion. I gotta be honest with you. I was not into Guns N' Roses after Appetite. Yeah. You know, they had November Rain, which was like a half hour long. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> you know, and then they did Live and Let Die by McCartney, which I'm like, eh. Yeah. I mean, can you name anything else from Use Your Illusion? That was one. Use Your, use, use your Illusion. <laughs> oh, Civil War. I forgot about Civil War, which was another hour long story. Yeah. They did Knock on Heaven's Door, too. Yeah, so I, I wasn't all big about use your, use your Illusion 1 and 2, but Appetite was just crazy good. And the, Worldwide, and pretty million. Axl Rose too. I think he actually sang for ACDC because I think Brian Johnson had something wrong with his throat, maybe. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And it's weird because I I saw some clips of Axl doing ACDC. It just sounds like Guns N' Roses because <laughs> his yeah. his sound is so very unique too. You know? It is very unique. Yeah. yeah. But it, it was just amazing how huge you were and how they kind of killed that whole hair band era. And, yeah. and the thing is, you look at, you look at Appetite, uh, you look at Welcome to the Jungle, the video, and, you know, he's got the big hair, they got the tight clothes, you know, Slash was always about big hair, but they don't, the, the music that comes out of him is not what you were expecting from the look. Mm-hmm. And I think they, I think they realized that, you know, well, uh, you know, right after that, because they're like, you know, this isn't our music, this isn't, this isn't the look to go with this music. Right, exactly. And, and then they became kind of. You know, they toned it down. They became, but Duff McKagan, big hair. Um, yeah, I mean, they had the long hair thing, but they didn't do the. Well, I think initially they did that look, and then, like you said, they 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 quickly changed their style. Yeah. But yeah. well, a lot of that, well, you're right. A lot of that was the LA scene. I, I think, well, Marley Crew definitely came out of LA. Yeah. I think Guns N' Roses did too. Guns N' Roses. I think they were like a hodgepodge of like another band. I think like L.A. Guns. If I'm, if I'm wrong, I don't know. I want to know for you. I thought I thought there were like two bands that just came together to form Guns N' Roses, but I don't know. Well, it's funny because they they kind of you know they they fell out with Axel, and yeah. then years later, the lead singer of Stone Pilots fell out with his band, and then Scott Weiland, lead singer of. Stones of Violence got together with most of Guns N' Roses and formed a Velvet Revolver. 
Oh, that's right, Velvet Revolver. And yeah. that that first album, I didn't listen to the second one. But that first album was really good. Yeah, cool stuff, dude. That was fun. Yeah, man, I enjoyed talking about the hair bands, and now I want to go listen to it. Like always, when we do a music episode, I want to go out and listen to it. <laughs> hey, that's all I did today, man. The last two days, I was, I, you know, on on Spotify, I was like, you know, I was plugging in like all these. I plugged in like '80s hair bands, I think. Oh man, the memories. Motley Crue, Twisted Sister. Can we talk about like one second about Twisted Sister? Sure. <laughs> it, like when I was thinking Twisted Sister, they were just scary looking people. You know, yeah. D. Snyder just look. I don't even know what the hell they were doing. Yeah, but they, they were, were just scary looking. Really scary looking. But they had huge hits too. We're not going to take it and come on field. No, that wasn't that. No, was I want to rock. I want to rock. Yeah. Rock. yeah. Uh, they come on field. This is another good hair band. Who? Quite right. Quite, Quite right. right. Yeah. Yeah. There were, there's tons, tons of hair bands. Yeah. Lots but then you had, bands. you had the warrants, you had the firehouses, you had the, uh, uh, Docking, Skid <laughs> you know, Row, Rat, Skid Row, yeah. Rat. Oh my God! I just saw a commercial for Rat with Rat. It's a Geico commercial, I think. And something like, "Honey, we have Rat, Rat." In the, there's a Rat in the kitchen or something. And they open the door and Rat's there singing round and round. Stop <laughs> it! I swear to God. <laughs> That's funny. I, swear to, I was like, "Oh my Who's God!" Who's gonna get Rat. that though? I mean, you know. I know. Well, old people like us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I recently, you know, I saw Cinderella with Bon Jovi and. I used to like whatever Cinderella, but they have two or three really good songs. Like, um, oh, I can't think of them now. Somebody Save Me? That's a good song. Mm-hmm. And he's got no, a Nobody's Fool? Wasn't that Cinderella? Nobody's Fool, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I didn't like White Snake. They were big, and I just couldn't get into White Snake. They were pretty good. Still the Night's a cool yeah. song. You ever hear that song, Still the Night? That's Yeah, Still the Night. Yeah. And here but I he go again. so much here, yeah, but he had a, uh, David Coverdale was so much a, a uh, who's the lead singer of Led Zeppelin? Robert Plant? Yeah. They're Rip very off. similar. Yeah. yeah. Very similar. So. Sure. But they were they were big. They had their time. Yeah. You know, in that era, this is the reason why I, I kind of like this music. Because I think about, like, rock bands. Like, these guys, they wrote their music. They performed. They did all that stuff. And then when I put on, like, new music today, this is why I'm so, like, jaded. Like, ah, you didn't even pick up an instrument. You didn't even write that song. You know, you just got to look. So. That's funny. <laughs> just a grumpy old man talking yeah so alan if um you know if, if people are enjoyed our topic and they want to tell us about their favorite hair bands of the 80s or you want to help us, help us define what a hair band is what a glam band is what a <laughs> what a uh what was the other word we were using for them heavy metal band is uh heavy, let us heavy, know light 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 heavy light heavy <laughs> diet heavy metal <laughs> Well, you can find us on Facebook, Jonathan, at Nerdemy Podcast. Instagram, Nerdemy. We never use Twitter. I don't even know why you keep bringing that up. YouTube. I never Nerdemy. bring up Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I say we got it. I don't know what to do with it. YouTube, Nerdemy Podcast. Uh, we're here. We're everywhere. Check us out. And uh, if you can, if you have an Apple product, uh, rate and review if you can. It really helps us a lot. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> and I have a feeling... Ladies and gentlemen, be on the lookout for another mixtape coming soon. <laughs> mixtape. Till next time. Snarf, snarf, snarf.